Hello, thought leaders, free thinkers, ideators, lateral processors, innovators, discoverers, entrepreneurs, futurists, and citizens, techno geeks, doers, and scientists. I'd like to welcome you to the first ever Citizen Science Conference. As the provost of Citizen Science University and the elected representative of the Board of Thoughts and Processes here at Tech Brothers Laboratories, I am glad to share your excitement for tonight's Best of Citizen Science. There is much discussion around a roundtable, but here at the Citizen Science Conference, we practice spherical table discussion, and that's why I'd like to welcome our distinguished guest, Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Sciences. Hello, Kai, and tremendous exaltations from our nexus of innovative thought that we are holding this evening. Exactly. The theme for tonight's conference is... Innovation. Innovation. For so long... There has been a fracture between the work of scientists and the works of innovators for so long. And that's why it's my pleasure to bring them under the umbrella that represents all the good things in the fields of thought, and that is citizen science. And citizen science, of course, being the science of the people, the science that is studied and occurs amongst the untrained, the lay people, a naive science, if you will. In the new incubators, those being your kitchen, your bathroom, your parlor room, your own laboratories. Staring into your refrigerator and late at night. We are going to be reviewing all of them and figuring out which deserve to go in the journal of citizen science. And which are perhaps junk science. Exactly. Our mission which is bringing science and technology to the forefront of society today, will finally be realized with the help of our special guests. Introducing our two panelists. Uh, first, we have uh, Dr. Anton Imogen, life energy expert from the American Society of Energists. Excited to have you. Now, uh, Dr. Imogen and I have actually uh, interfaced in a number of other conferences in a similar sort of setting, and I happen to consider him one of the foremost experts in frequencies as well as resonance, and it's very exciting to have you on. Yes, for sure. I mean, I've seen uh, photographs of your career in Aura, how, beautiful. You're one of the very few. I understand you're one of the very few that could see those photographs. Those photographs do not appear to many people. I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, it's just a golden aura. It's very, very magical about this person. Very you know, intuitive. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's so nice to hear that. And of course, our second panelist uh, is a returning guest, Mr. Poindexter Dweebson, chrono consultant and chrono financial advisor. Um, Mr. Dweebson, are you there? I am indeed. It's great to be back on the show. So very quickly, how, uh, we, we had you on before. How have things been developing in the world of uh, chrono finance and uh, uh, chrono cryptocurrency? Mm. Chrono finance has, of course, been developing very rapidly, except, of course, when we're going back in time and it develops in reverse. Certainly. Uh, just very recently, non-fungible chrono coins have taken over the market. You may have heard of those in your own time. Yes, uh, we talked about them on the show before, and it's so nice to have you at the conference because you truly are at the forefront of innovation, which is so important. It's our theme for tonight. Theme for tonight is innovation, so it's so nice to have you on to inspire the citizen scientists out there. It is a very inspirational field, and I'm glad to be here. 
it is important to us as the individuals putting on this conference that we are looking at not science from the academia, the ivory castle. No. We're looking at it from the citizen's viewpoint of science. So to have someone on who's who has applied knowledge, as our two panelists do, they are not just researchers, although they do do research. They are working scientists mm-hmm. in the same way one would be perhaps a working actor or a working musician. Mm-hmm. Um, they are putting their feet to the concrete and bringing us the innovation yeah. and the science that is simply... Well, science is very... Uh speculative but what i would say is that uh yes science is a frequency so when it comes it goes when it goes it's also coming i couldn't agree more with that and that's why it's so great to have you on to get to the bottom of what science will be in the future tonight we have some really great uh submissions citizen science papers uh, very short very easy to read but very important and very thoughtful. And we are going to peer review them live tonight with our spherical table of panelists. Are we ready to get to the, to the, first, to the first submission, right? We do. We do. And um, we actually, I, I thought we could start off with something maybe a little more refined. Now, this comes from an individual who got their blue check mark in Twitter. And they... Fascinating. So this is a, a so higher this is caliber. Kind of a, yeah, this is a, like ivory tower approaching. This is, this is the semi-pro of the thinking industry. This person owns a white lab coat. So let's go ahead and put this out there. So this comes from Bill exactly. Mitchell. And he postulates um, a very interesting point that I think mm. we've all thought about, <clears throat> which is, I've often wondered how melting sea ice will raise ocean levels since when water freezes, it assumes a hexagonal shape, thereby taking up more volume than water. Therefore, thawing ice should actually lower sea levels as less space is displaced by the thawed water. This is an interesting postulation, and and it it has very potent ramifications for our our society and our climate. What do you um? Let's start it off with uh. Let's start off with uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Dweebson. What are you uh? What what what's your take on this? It is a fascinating theory. The hexagon is, of course, one of the most powerful of all shapes in finance, and I think that the rising or maybe be it lowering oceans will be incredibly valuable to futures markets for beaches or perhaps for coral reefs so you 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 believe in this sentiment you do you, do you think this is a valid a valid uh point to make well i may not be technically a scientist or even technically a citizen however i do think that there's much scientific validity in this statement you do you you do believe so let's take let's take this these claims as they come to us from the end going to the beginning, which is the only logical way to take scientific claims. Uh, so, so you do believe that there are, there is melting ice taking place? Uh, one would assume. Uh, if I leave a glass of water out, the ice does melt in it, and I can only imagine the ocean is the same way. R- right, okay, so so we have that. Now let's move on to this hexag- hexagonal shape thing. So you said that the economy takes a hexagonal shape, which I couldn't agree with more. It makes It's very obvious that the economy takes a hexagonal shape. Yes, it's a finance 101. The economy is hexagonal. Right. Um, but, w- but what about 
what about freezing water? This is chemistry. Uh, can we confidently can we confidently say, um, based on what what the, what uh, Doctor Mitchell Doctor Mitchell Emeritus has said, that water also takes a hexagonal shape? Is water like the economy like that? Is that what liquidation means? You are absolutely onto a, a fascinating point there. Liquidation is in fact based upon the hexagonal theory of water freezing. What about what about you, uh, Doctor uh, Imogen? Do you have any thoughts on this particular this particular uh, this piece of science? Personally, it is simple. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> I could go to the ocean right now. I say, um, anytime the water is rising, it's also falling, and that's the way it is. So, what would you to do is measure how cold the water is. And how would you recommend we do that? Well, I mean, you've ever seen a wave? The wave just goes up and down, up and down, right? I'm familiar, yes. So at the same time, the ocean is rising, it's also falling. How do you feel hexagons work into this? There is no hexagon involved. Really? So you're disputing that, that aspect of this analysis? Oh, yes. No, the science does not check out that there in this uh, frequency, certain frequencies, a hexagon is important to this uh, sacred geometry, say, like the golden ratio. I see. So and this is this is my real question. I think it's about time we get to the crux of this uh, of this submission of the science here. Um, and that is the discussion of displacement. Now, I understand that displacement is a big part of both the economy and energy. But is it a part of water is the real question here. Um, what What do you think about, from the energy perspective, for example, what do you think about the displacement of energy and how it relates to thawing water? Well, certainly, to see this... Uh these icebergs melt would be a different thing. But since we can't, we'd have to infer they're melting. They become water. The water adds to the water, so the sea levels rise. That'd be wrong. No, so you're, so you're standing by this claim? I mean, to me... I would go to the horizon, the closest horizon of water, look at it, see it, measure its waves, but at the same time, uh, you can't really, you can't determine whether it's rising or falling because it's doing both. So with, we've we've analyzed this from a number of different angles, so now the question is, is this good science or junk science? Starting again with Dr. or excuse me, Mr. Poindexter, good science, junk science. This is uh, absolutely good science. It corresponds exactly to not only the way that the economy functions, but to the hexagonal shape of my beautiful watches. Uh, Dr. Imogen, good science or junk science? It's junk science to me, I would say. Um, you see it, the water, I mean, if you're not drinking it then it's not rising that's 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 very interesting we've got a that's, split decision that's, yeah that's very wise rowan what do, rowan what do you think i have to say that i think that this is 
I think I think I think I'm gonna have to go with Doctor Imogen on this. I think it's junk science because I have never seen um, ice naturally occur in a hexagonal shape. I just never have. Yeah, and and for me personally, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Doctor Imogen as well. Um, and that's because this, and this is all my big problem is that this is supposed to be citizen science. We expect some citizen science to be going on. We expect Doctor Mitchelson, if he even is a doctor. I haven't seen. I see the blue check mark, but I haven't seen what went into it. But if he was a real doctor, he should. I imagine to see pictures of plastic containers full of water and ice in his kitchen. Um, he might even have to buy a second freezer to make all that ice. But I expect to see the pictures and see the statistics, and I just don't see any of that here. Okay, well that is that is. Uh, I think we can safely say that's junk science. Now we have another. Um, How work. many of you guys get that freezer? Because I have a cryogenic experiment I've been working on. Ooh, I would love to chat about that sometime, mm-hmm. uh, after, perhaps after the program. But uh, because uh, cryogenics is a very fascinating world of research, and the idea of freezing water and observing changes in volume—I don't think that is something that's been done on a cryogenic level. It's never been done. Period. Well, so for uh, the next, we have another citizen science submission. Uh, Kai, why don't you go ahead and um, and and read this for our panel? Excellent, excellent, and so and this one I'm very excited about this one because uh, it's so, so much science in, in the history of the world. It's gone, it's it's gone, it's gone without us truly knowing who did the science. And this is no exception. And I think that's good for science. Science that's done in anonymity is the best science. Um, so this is from an, an anonymous, what I presume to be, citizen scientist out there who's doing some great work, and they said this. Pretty bummed right now. This is the second time that this has happened. I carry crystals in my pocket at times when I go hiking or on an adventure. Someone has decided to wash my jeans that held my crystals in them, and they ruined the chemical. And they ruined, they ruined by the chemicals in the soap. I feel like they lose their properties if any chemical substance touches it and gets absorbed. I have an overwhelming sadness upon me. Upon me. One is a Moldavite, which, to be fair, is a very. Um, it's tragic to when one dunks a Moldavite because it never quite set properly ever again after that. But uh, yes, it offers an interesting question: Is the act of washing, putting sort of lathering and and cleaning a crystal, does that diminish its? Uh, its properties. No, no, Rowan, you are misunderstanding this. I I read it, so I understand. The the claim here is that a chemical substance merely touching a crystal makes it lose its properties. Well, and and I I mean that is the statement, but the underlying question that the statement is making, I think, is is worth discussing. Mm-hmm. And um, let's go ahead and start with life energy specialist. I would say true frequencies can be canceled out by detergents. Really? Yes, uh, just even a simple air freshener within 15 feet of a tourmaline in your jorts will just render it inactive. Fascinating. Well, that that actually is something. Let's dive into that a little bit because that, that would imply that, by and large, the bulk of 
crystals out there, healing crystals, are being um, hampered, made inert, mm -hmm. just because we exist in a, in a frankly an over perfumed world. We live in a world with so much. Um, so with so much detergent, such an emphasis on cleanliness mm -hmm. and smelling in a way that that is harmful. I'm getting ahead of myself. Sure. Point being, uh, do you? How do you? How would one uh, deal with that, uh, Doctor Doctor Imogen? What do you? Do you feel as though that? I would recommend not showering for days, wearing the same jorts, mm. not taking them off. So, so perhaps Even if you do take a shower. Where the droids through the shower. Okay, so so perhaps what what you're saying is that it's, uh, is that as long as if it's chemicals that come from say a person's body, those are okay. But it's it's unnatural chemicals like soaps or other surfactants or other disinfectants or what have you that do the harm to crystals. It's a detergent, the air freshener. When you when you inhale the air fresheners. You're inhaling a fake perfume is synthesized chemical. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's on a different frequency that is a diff the opposite wavelength of the frequencies of mm -hmm. natural frequencies. Hmm. Uh, uh, very, very, th very thoughtful. What what kinds of things have have natural frequencies? What is uh, okay for lot, um, See if you go to a tree and you uh, get. If you look at a tree, see the white energy coming out of it, and you have that white energy, you both uh, connect. There's the American word for um, you meditate. Yes, yes, that is one. That is that is um, ex exactly it. Um, let's not bother the the doctor with these trivial questions, Kai. I, I see. Um, Mr. Dweebson, have you any thoughts on this? On the properties of crystals and their interaction with uh, washing chemicals. And chemicals in general? Yes, I do. It's um, I I feel so much sympathy for this this poor person whose healing crystals were ruined by contact with soap. This just goes to show you the importance of financial compartmentalization of your assets and keeping them separated. I personally always keep my piles of jeans, my piles of mold divides, and my piles of soap separately. And I keep them separately in different time frames, just so they don't have any time interference with each other. Fascinating. So is it is it possible to create a time to create a period in time where for example, there is no soap, where the only thing that exists is crystals and thereby keeps yes. them safe uh these periods in time are referred to as time pockets and they are much better from keeping soap away than gene pockets fascinating well um so uh that's it's very interesting uh there's a lot of uh it seems to me as though the general consensus seems to be that this is good science but let's let's put it to a vote uh dr imogen good science or junk science It seems we're having a connection issue. I um, believe they are meditating. Uh, most likely, uh, certainly. Um, uh, Mr. Dweebson, good science or junk science? Oh, hard to say. I would say the science is good, but the uh, the individual in question here is an amateur and really should return to study their book. Well, you know, that is, but this that's what this is about. This this event is about getting down and dirty with this, the, the science of the common people. And right. This is sort of the form that it takes. 
Um, so, uh, but but what, what would you say if you had to? Uh, oh, and uh, there's uh, Doctor Imogen. We'll be right there with you, Doctor Imogen. Um, but uh, Mister Dweebson, good science or junk science? What do you say? Oof. Uh, well, hard to say. I'm gonna have to go with good science. Okay. Okay. Um, that was a very hard decision. And 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 um, Doctor uh, Doctor Imogen. What would you say this is? Good science or junk science? It's good science. It's good science because the detergent, obviously, is going to remove all the frequencies coming off of this crystal. Mm. And sometimes maybe you want that. Perhaps, depending on the frequency you're trying to create. That's that's very that's very um very true, extremely true. Um, uh, Kai, mm-hmm. turn it to you. Good science or junk science? Well, see. This is the thing I really, I really respect. As you said, Rowan, science is done by the scientists, and it's done for scientific purposes, including citizen science. This is done by a citizen. Any paper that mentions, that has these words put together in this order, hiking or on an adventure, I have to say that's always going to be good science because that shows that somebody went out of their way to experience science where it happens, and that is in nature absolutely i mean one only needs to think of darwin going to the galapagos right. to capture finches and that's good or science. isaac newton chopping down apple upon apple tree mm-hmm. to inspire himself this yes, is the, the best this, the best science comes from the outdoors this is the this is the 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 darwin of crystals certainly i i, I would also agree that this is good science so uh unanimously good science now i want to do I one more best science. i'm gonna just to be different mm. best Best science. Well, that's wow. That is an uh, that is a um quite a uh very uh, powerful affirmation. Certainly, you know what? I, actually, I'm going to change. I'm going to change mine as well. If if Doctor Imogen is doing it, I'm going to say bunk science because science isn't sad, and this person's sad about science. Ooh, okay, well, let's move on before before we, we get into in the reads on this one. And, and this is going to have to be a very quick one because we are coming up on a break. But Ooh. this is a very fascinating one. Let me read this. This comes from um, someone named uh, uh, Peter Maris. Uh, they do not have their blue check mark from Twitter, um, but they are on Twitter. So hopefully this they're is, yeah. Hopefully they're trying to get it. Yeah, of course. I mean, who doesn't want it? But he he's, he posits or really questions. Explain to me how trees are of any help whatsoever, specifically with regard to carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That's in parentheses. Weaving out the fact that you need a huge new forest for them to have the desired effect. In a century or so, the tree is dead, decomposes, or is burnt, and the CO2 is right back in the atmosphere. Um, And this is, of course, replying to Elon Musk in a wider discussion that I'm not privy to. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's turn that over to Mr. Dweebson. Uh, what do you think of this? Is this person onto something with regards to forests and their roles in regulating uh, the climate? This is uh, another. Uh, this is another example of how the, the, why you can't trust people who don't have blue checks on Twitter. It's mm. an example of uh, an immediate example of that they know what they're talking about. Unlike this person, who clearly has no understanding of the chrono significance of trees and the mm. way that you can use logging to not only uh, finance enormous amounts of, of paper markets, but you can also use logging to track things. And this person would get rid of logging entirely. 
Well, ridiculous. Uh, that's uh, it, could you could you touch on that just a tiny bit more in terms of re- w- logging um, and, and natural and, logging in in in, in, in chrono chrono consulting. Uh, what's the intersection there? Well, the uh, the chrono logging these days involves waiting until say the year twenty fifty and chopping down a forest, but then returning to year twenty forty nine and chopping it down then as well. Then you can log the forest twice and you can go back in time and do this over and over and over, mm-hmm. making every forest infinitely more valuable than it is without chrono logging. That's that is fascinating. I've always heard I have always heard the phrase uh, a man cannot log the same forest twice for he is not the same man. And that is not the same forest. But with this new technology, you, you you're saying you can very much do that. And that changes a lot of what we think about in science. Yes, even chrono finance allows you to even subvert classic parables that have existed since the dawn of humanity. As they ought to be, all things ought to be subverted, 100%. Uh, Dr. Imogen, what is your take on this? Do you, How do you feel about this statement? Is, uh, I mean, can you hear me? Yes. It's coming in through it. Can you hear me? Yes. Are, uh, Dr. Imogen, are you there? Dr. Imogen, I think they might have entered into some... Surrounded by trees. There are roughly 420 trees for every person. Incredible. So that means there are 3.04 trillion trees. Now this is... is, I'm going to take your word on this. I'm going to take your word on this. And... All of these trees are 5,000 years old? You say this can't be possible. I tell you it's true. But I... all these trees are the same tree. They're clones of the tree, and you're just seeing a picture of a tree, which is a frequency, a hologram. So what do you think about this, all this the, all science? These, so all, all matter is just light slowed down to a slower speed. That's fascinating, Doctor Imogen. Mm-hmm. I it's a matter of trees. We are trees. I cherish your wisdom so much, um, Doctor Imogen. What do you think about CO two? Uh, nitrogen, right? We're close. Run, we're, 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 we are we are running low on uh, on on time. We do have to get to the break. So very quickly, um, uh, Mister Dweebson, junk si- or good science or junk science? Junk science. This person has no understanding of chronologging, logging, or chrono. That's uh, very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Imogen, good science or junk science? It's junk science. Wow. Rowan, what, what do you think about this? I also think it's, it, is, it is junk science because what it fails to expand is or understand is that one does not need the new forest to be huge. It just needs to be loved. I say it's good science because he's just asking questions. Well, with that in mind, um, we are going to go to a very short station break. And when we return, we will continue with... We're we're taking a very short networking break. We will return with more of the Mm -hmm. Citizen Sciences... (laughs) The the Citizen Science Conference 2021. Thank you. And we are back. 
We're back. Welcome back to the first annual Citizen Science Conference, where we are peer-reviewing real science done by real citizens out there and looking for the best stuff. And joining us this evening are two experts from the field of science and technology. Mm -hmm. We have Dr. Anton Imogen, life energy expert from the American Society of Energists. Are you there, Dr. Imogen? Hello? Hello, yes. And, of course, we have uh, Mr. Poindexter Dweebson, chrono consultant and chrono finance advisor. And expert. It's good to be back one more time. So let's get back into it. We are, of course, peer reviewing Mm -hmm. various um, scientific statements, uh, studies, theories that we have encountered out amongst the people. Amongst our peers. And we are giving them some time now. We are discussing them and we are evaluating them to see how much they embody good citizen science, whether it is good citizen science or junk citizen science. Mm-hmm. So for our next statement, uh, why don't you go ahead and read it to us, Kai? Of course, yes. This one is by another another anonymous submitter. Again, the best science, in my opinion, is done by anonymous, anonymous citizen scientists because truly we are all anonymous in the scope of science and technology. Think of all of the equations that are not named – those were all made anonymously. It's, it's about the equations you don't calculate. Um, so this is how this uh, this is this submission. It's called dye because it kills your hair. Your hair is a communication, intuition, and energy tool sending and receiving impulses between your nervous system and the world around you. It is as important as your eyes, ears, and other senses. Now, I think this is a great question to start off by throwing to Dr. Imogen. Mm-hmm. Um, Anton, what do you think of this? Personally, I would say it's not true because there's so many senses. It's like uncountable. You have sense of equilibrium, sense of uh, location. You have sense of, uh, you know, ghosts. That's very that's very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you and do you f- be, but do you feel that um hair is an essential aspect of these senses because as they put it they they only list four senses eyes, ears, hair and other. And so given that you are saying there are so many more than just those four mm-hmm. do you still feel hair is important? I would say I've experienced 4,747 different senses. That's more senses than I've I've ever experienced in my life, Dr. Imogen. We're so glad to have your wisdom on. Do you, do you feel hair? Uh, do you feel... So, do you feel having... Well, I would say longer hair makes you sad. Is it because you're you're sensing too much? Well, for sure, yes. You're you're uh, you're sensing the wrong frequencies. So, as I could say, right. my theory is that everything's frequency. Then you're going to be like, "Hey, I I am a guy with long hair now, big beard." It's like you're changing. It longer hair means longer wavelengths. So, to to uh, just to get to the the kind of the crux of this question mm-hmm. with you, um, you 
say that hair is associated with the frequencies and the pickup therein. Now, do you feel that hair dye influences that in the way that this person is implying? Mm-hmm. Do you feel that that having your hair in a certain unnatural color um, is dying, it, killing your hair, and interfering with that community that that frequency uptake? Every every grease is a different frequency, though it's hard to say. So everybody, personally, I don't dye my hair. Of course not. Of course, but. I'm sorry for insinuating you did. Of a curly wave egg that just goes straight towards the sun. Fascinating. Fascinating. Poindexter, what do you think about this topic? Well, I see this person continuing to talk about hair and scents, but really I'm thinking about dollars. And oh. the chrono wig market these days is exploding in popularity. Using using chrono engineering, people can grow wigs and sell them. So the idea that the wig market is dying truly ridiculous. Well, is having hair dye not? Does that not affect the quality of the wigs that you produce? Does that not result in some sort of deterioration in quality? Mm Only some certain kinds of dyes. The new chrono dyes that people have made actually make your hair less dyed over time. Fascinating. Very interesting. So is there, and this is a question that I've wondered about, when you're undergoing your processes where you are, you know, interacting with the the chronosphere and doing mm-hmm. the great work that you do, it, it, does is hair color ever affected by, you know, the, the, the this process that you undergo? Uh, frequently, yes. If you travel far back enough in time, your hair turns gray. Because as we all know, the world was in black and white before 1950. And in that way, in that way, doesn't that make sense that hair is sensing? It's not. Because it's a frequency of color, but it's coming off of a plant or a light wave. Interesting. And I can recite a little, uh, you know, Baryayev, you know, is a source. Is that so? Can you hear me? Yes. So you hear me? Yes, Doctor Imogen, we can hear. We can hear you, Doctor Imogen. What do you think about? What do you think about the colors of black and white that existed so long ago? Well, to me, people say a dog is colorblind. I say, yeah, well, then show me the life of dog. Truly. And the thing is, dogs have so much hair, they so their senses are increased in that way. If you're in the market to buy a poodle, and you put the poodle in the market of representing poodle, but put put it into that with a dog show? I think this is actually the reason that dog ears are so much more valuable because of their hair. It actually does tie into this science. Fascinating. Well, to me, dogs are magic. All right. So, doctor, <laughs> doctor, doctor Imogen, is this is this bunk? Is this drunk? <laughs> when I smoke a cigarette, to me, it's uh, halfway science. Ah, halfway science. It's the first time we've gotten that one. Um, uh, doctor Dweeps, or uh, Mister Dweepson, um, what do you think about this? Junk science or, or good science? This strikes me as 
reasonably good science. I'm going to give this a three quarters good. Oh, all right. So we are at an average of um, not One quite. And a half. We're not quite a good science. Uh, uh, so, so from my perspective, I think this has raised a lot more questions than I had first thought. Um, I had not realized that makes sense. We've done a lot of research in Tech Brothers Laboratories on dogs and how much they can see. And I never made the comparison between how much hair a dog has and what it can see, but this makes perfect sense. So I'm actually, I was, when I started reading this, I thought I was going to give it a, a drunk science, but this, this sounds like good science to me now. I Yes, they say that shaggy dogs can see further than all the others. This must be the reason. I am going to, well, first and foremost, I cannot speak to the etymological component of this. I do not believe it is called dye because it murders or is it, it kills in any way shape or form i think the etymology is probably more complex and more innocuous than that mm-hmm. so that's certainly junk science mm-hmm. now as to whether or not the hair acts as this this tool to send and receive impulses i think that's good science i really do i i know for a fact that it is possible to make antenna from hemp it is possible and what is hemp but fibers and what is hair but fibers Mm -hmm. so it's the science of a chia pet um it's 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 uh, i think that this is this is i think three quarters good science is appropriate Mm -hmm. for this all right i'm gonna go down to one one quarter good science and i think we're at about two so i think this just barely makes the cut all right well so Let's uh, move on to... I said halfway good science, so two quarters. You are the mathematician on on this call. I'm sorry, Dr. Imogen. So we have another one now. I will be very happy to read this. Now, this is quite interesting. Mm -hmm. This is moving back to the realm of chemistry, which we discussed a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And the question is posed by, once again, an anonymous individual. Mm -hmm. Um, When you heat water, why do bubbles form? We all know it is gases being created, but exactly why does the H2O turn to H's and O's? It was liquid, now a gas— what caused that in the atomic world? Very interesting question. And another one of these these uh, kitchen top experiments that one can quant- – like the first one we started with where instead this, instead of freezing some water, now we are boiling it. And right. perhaps – Too extreme. So, um, Mr. Dweebson, what do you think of this? Obviously, this is not a statement. This is not a theory. This is merely a question being posed. But what do you what do you think? What's what's your input on this? No, this is uh, exactly the kind of thing that I would expect the citizen scientists of the world to be questioning. And we, I do feel like scientists, uh, less citizen ones, the more professional ones, aren't answering the questions about what where the H's and the O's go. I've wondered this myself. You know, if we heat water enough, perhaps we can even turn those H2s into H3s, and then we wouldn't have to go to the moon to mine for those. Fascinating that, stuff. That, that is rather interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that, that is a very good point. I didn't think about that. But there were two H's, and now there's only one? How does that make any sense? It's a truly fascinating question, and perhaps someone is stealing the H's. Perhaps the H's are being 
sent through time into the future right. as future H stock. It's there is everybody. Everybody says scientists believe that matter cannot be created or destroyed. If that is true, where are the H's going? I sense a conspiracy. Well, the, the, ho ho at the gas station. It's well that that is certainly and um what what makes you say that, Doctor Imogen? Well, through my experience, the ghost of Santa Claus is alive during winter, right? This okay. is how you say it. I'm following you so far. When the snow is on the ground? Yes, yes. Uh, so he said the H's and O's are why Santa only drinks milk. Oh? Have you ever seen an icicle made of milk? I, I don't believe I have, no. Not personally. So uh, yes, because it's always steam. And that's why Santa Claus doesn't drink water with cookies. So you do you think this is a worthwhile avenue of questioning then? Or do you feel like that's that's the answer here? The frequency of milk is way thick, so it's not going to be easily turned into ho-ho. You know what I mean? Does, does that mean? Does it have more, or or does it have more or fewer hydrogens? I've consulted the with my... is the hydrogen of the ho ho is out. Uh, Mr. Dweebson, I believe you were you were yes. you were coming in to say something. Yes, yes, I've consulted with a fellow chronom financier, mm-hmm. and I've discovered that. H's tend to be sent towards the future and are purchased by the H market, but O's, however, are sent to the past. I do not recommend investing in O's; they are yesterday's technology. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I well, does that mean does that mean that in the future there's water is going to have more H's? This is only if you spell wheat with the H. Yes, in the future, water is H three O, and in the past, it was H one O. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, so going now to the second part of the question, which is a liquid now a gas, what caused that in the atomic world? And I think it, it does stress a very interesting point that when we are discussing issues of sort of quantum nature right. like this, the atomic world is its own separate world. Now, Dr. Imogen, you've, you've brought up a few points already, but I want to ask you just <laughs> – Excuse me, very quickly. What do you think is happening in the atomic world here, and how does that tie in? What do you, what do you think is happening on that time, that 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 distance scale? The heating of the the water is making it want to become milk. The frequencies are so strong that it is becoming a milk-like substance. The atoms are. But this is a, this is an atomic milk. This is not a a, a a literal milk in the in the in the sense of the word. This is sort of uh, as one might envision on a on a quantum level, a quantum milk, right. right? You're basically creating these substances on a frequency of so steamed that it is half milk, half water. Mm-hmm. It's on a frequency of its own, or the atoms are both. Superposition. Entanglement. 
So let's uh, go at certainty. Very, very, very interesting. Right. I, I think this is um, so. Once again, evaluating this as being good science or junk science. Mm-hmm. Let's instead. I, I think it's important to evaluate this as a question, right, and not a statement in and of itself. So, as a question, um, uh, Doctor or excuse me, Mister Poindexter, um, or Dweebson, excuse me, Mister Dweebson, what good science or junk science? I think this is exactly the kind of science that we should be encouraging among all of our citizen scientists. Asking the questions about H's, O's, and even other letters of the alphabet. I would call this good science, good hypothesis, good conjecture, and I would encourage this person to seek funding with the chronofinancier near themselves. Uh, Dr. Imogen, good science or junk science? Is this a, is this a worthwhile avenue of investigation for this individual? Very well. I would have to say it's chunk science because you know steaming milk mm-hmm. will make it warm to turn it into ho-hos. Hmm. Theoretically, if the milk is steamed at 140 degrees, it turns into a ho-ho. And that is because of six hydrogen atoms. So we're going back to hexagons. Oh, the frequency of a hexagon might have something. All right. Right. Now, I, I personally think this is some, we raised some really good questions. And, you know, frankly, when it comes to evaluating these questions, I've been in laboratories before. I basically live in my laboratory, and there's a lot, there are a lot of bubbles. Can there's you, a lot of heating of water. Can you, I personally, yes. yes. I personally can you, believe, I personally, I can hear you. <laughs> we, we, you're, can coming, you're coming through, Dr. Imogen. I personally believe, just as Dr. Imogen said, uh, not there's not a lot of science on milk. It's just it's scientists do not care that much about it, and this is the first time that somebody has suggested that uh, milk can be used to heat, which they did not explicitly say in the comment, but I feel like it was implied. Rowan, what do you think? I think this is good science on the basis that it's asking a question, and it might even be a question that is unanswerable. This individual might be a- a- operating as sort of a a platonic figure as right. in they are plato not that they are not having sex with anyone they, that they're posing these questions that we might never know what happens when we heat up water and why it turns into a gas on the atomic world it might not even be conceivable right. but we have to ask the question to be able to evaluate and reflect in the first place yes I 100% so I'm gonna say good science. Good, good science. science. All right, it's going right in the journal. Right uh, in the we 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 have glossary. time for one more. Okay. one more, and this is a bit of a long one. Okay. So and I, so I, that's why I want to. Um, I can hear you. Yes, yes, Doctor Imogen. I hear you coming in loud and clear. Roman, would, helps. Roman, would you like uh, me to read the last one? Yes, uh, and, and 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 this is this is a lot to take in. Okay. And a lot to get through, but we're gonna have to do our best to to be concise mm-hmm. about our our commentary on it but so please uh kai if you wouldn't mind all right the human digestive system is not 100 percent efficient no system is i have had a method of filtering and reprepping my stools for consumption i estimate that i can survive meal wise off usd or us dollars 0.75 dollars per day purely by sifting straining rinsing and dry and dry baking the contents of each and every stool then mixing with filter materials uh with filter materials such as seasoned cornmeal 
pick is is my entire stool. This he comes with a picture, which we love in science. Pick is my pick a is my figure, an illustration. Yeah, uh, pick is uh, fig one is my entire stool combined with an extraction tincture. Prior to the first mesh pass, you will want to keep a low fat diet, and fatty stool is impossible to clean. Fat becomes rancid, and your first meal of dry roasted fatty stool will probably make you want to kill yourself. Mm. I have been immunized against all types of hepatitis, hepatitis, so I do not advise you to try this until I provide more information. Well, it's very noble of them to to put this on themselves. It's sort of like the discovery of of the uh, the organism that causes uh, ulcers, mm-hmm. and the individual who who swallowed those, that that uh, Heliobacter pylori to prove that. And this individual is doing the same thing, but in the realm of consuming feces for the purposes of retaining nutrients. Right. Um, now, uh, let's start uh, very quickly. Dr. Imogen, what do you think of this? What do you think of this this new technique in, in food preparation and survivalism even? To me, it's a touchy subject. I would say use with caution. Don't try this at home. But do you really? think you're... But do you think that the the method itself has merit? Do you feel that perhaps there is something... Dog stool, no? I'm familiar. I assume they're eating the dog's fecal matter, no? No. I believe they're using their own fecal matter. Oh. Well, then absolutely, I would recommend against it. Because your frequency will create a sort of feedback effect where it's still going to be very, very bad for you. But for the sake of argument, okay, so so but for, hypothetically, if this was some, if this was a um, um, stool of a separate origin, then you would be more for it, or you'd be at least tentatively willing. Uh, doctored? Doctored? Mm, what do you Can think? Can you hear me? Yes. What do you think the cornmeal? How do you think the cornmeal adds to this? Does that add any frequencies? Definitely cornmeal for for sure. Yes. Excellent. Good sign. Uh Mr. uh Mr. Dweebson, what are your thoughts on this on this uh on this uh this new technique? Mm-hmm. Another example of the fascinating science that the the average person, the populist masses can bring to us. Mm-hmm. If I could level a criticism at it, it is just that they are not thinking large enough. This is a technique that can save maybe one person a few dollars a day. But at mass scale, I I could imagine a fast food chain where every item is made up of stool. Imagine the savings. Well, and and, and from a sustainability standpoint, it obviously is uh, would be quite a win as well. Uh, would you would you be willing to eat at a at a restaurant that used that produced food in this manner? I mean, it can't be worse than a lot of fast food I've already had. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm so glad we can have some humor in the sciences. A little bit of levity is nice now and then. <laughs> Even my dog is laughing. <laughs> so but yes, they could they could use the uh, the, the entire fa- the facilities of these places could actually be involved in the production process of the food. There are right. such fascinating industrial design applications from this. 
I'll be investing in this myself if I can find this poster. A new definition in locally sourced foodstuffs. Yes, this is locally sourced. And it's we're always going to, for as long as there are people eating, this is a source of food that we will have. So, you know what they say? Think global, eat local, and this is local eating. So, uh, very quickly, because we are very short on time, uh, let's do the uh, round table. Uh, uh, Dr. Imogen, is this good science or junk science? Dr. Imogen. I think he's in a meditative state. Uh, Mr. Dweebson, good science or junk science? Hmm, I think this is good science. If I could critique part of it, cornmeal is a little bit pricey these days. I'd maybe recommend using soy byproducts instead. But mm. besides that, very good science. I hope I hope the hepatitis samples work out very nicely for this poster. I agree with the doctor for once. So you think this is you think this is good science as well? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, um, Kai. Um, now it is a very it is a very good point. I would recommend this is almost good science. I'm going to give it 99 out of 100 percent good science because I agree. Cornmeal, seasoned cornmeal, very expensive. Why not try like an instant oatmeal? W- would that work? That's what I have. So uh, I don't have the time oh, to find fantastic idea. I am going to buck the trend, and I'm going to say that this is bad science, mm. based predicated solely on the fact that while I think this is a very unique way of thinking, this is a very interesting way to tackle. It comes with a picture. It comes with a picture, which I do like a great deal. But my issue is, is that this procedure, as it's being detailed, this dry baking. That is completely ruining the probiotic aspect of oh. that this could have. And right. uh, to be able to recycle <clears throat> nutrients and, and be more efficient but miss out on the obvious probiotic benefits, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's simply unconscionable, frankly. Uh, so I'm going to say this is junk science, unfortunately. Right. Um, and that concludes the peer review portion of the Citizens mm-hmm. Science Conference. Uh, a special thanks once again to our two panelists, uh, Dr. Anton Imogen. It's been a pleasure. I've been here for weeks. I feel like I, you guys won't let me out of this soundproof booth that's in that tower. Uh, where do I? Well, there will be reflection. Yeah, there will be. You'll have your hotel room comped entirely. Um, and and uh, Dr. Poindexter, um, Poindexter Dweebson, uh, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. All right. <laughs> the Citizen Science Conference has been presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. Eureka Cast Now, the home of citizen science, is broadcast Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. It is then rebroadcast every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on WIIT 88.9 FM Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on all social media. Or you can visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast to learn more about us or fill out an application to publish your research in the Journal of Citizen Science. 2022. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at EurekaCast now to close out this sumptuous gathering of the minds with an encompassing hip-hip. Get in that kitchen.